Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Today, I want to jump back in the same vein that we were in last week, kind of a continuation of last Sunday's service. John chapter 12 is where we're going to go today. We're going to open up our Bibles. If you're new, I'm going to read seven verses out of John chapter 12. I'm going to pray. I'll tell a couple stories, maybe some jokes. I think humor is good sometimes. All the time. Come on. They said that the Bible says that laughter is good like medicine. Who wants to take some good meds today? Take some good meds today. I believe that it's so important today that not only do we we take, uh, we take some holy medicine. There's something about humor that almost like medicine helps the medicine go down with some sweetness. And so I'll tell a couple stories today. I'm going to read this. I'm going to pray. And then um, I'm going to give you four things that I want you to take home with you, four ideas that I want you to take home with you. And uh, if you're taking notes today, I want to talk to you about filling the house. Say it with me, fill the house. I believe God wants us to glow in such a way that it doesn't just fill us, it fills our entire house. I believe the light of God it is so real that it fills us up in such a way that it, that it actually shines into our spouse, shines into our kids, and as our family starts to shine, it affects everybody else. And the fastest way they say to change a state is to revive a family. You revive a family, it starts to revive a city. And I'll tell you that a society is only as strong as its families, its households. And so today, I want to talk to you about, about filling the house. You know, uh, it's funny, you know, your watches have, a, have a glow-in-dark properties. And mine wasn't. I went in my garage, and I noticed it was kind of glowing. And I went back in the house. I haven't done it since I was a kid. But I actually put my watch right up to the light bulb, charged that sucker up. And then I went out in the garage, and it was just beaming, right? And I feel like the Lord was just reminding me that that's what we do in his presence. We come in a little bit dull, not shining like we should. You ever felt that before? Like, man, God, I wish I would have shined a little brighter this week. There's something about the presence of God that charges our light back. So today, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you about fill the house. Fill the house. John chapter 12, if you're there, say, I'm there. So excited to be back. I want to say thank you for praying for my wife and I. Uh, we did lose uh, some of our dear friends in Idaho. Uh, wife passed away, as I mentioned, last Sunday. And it was just a really devastating circumstance and situation. Uh, it's difficult to officiate a funeral for a, a friend that's that close to you. But uh, God was glorified. About 700 people showed up to her funeral. And uh, about 70-plus people raised their hands to give their lives to Jesus at the end of it. And so, come on, give God a hand clap for that. I told you that hell was going to pay for messing with one of God's kids. And I do believe there'll be people in eternity that'll meet my friend Amy that'll say, it was through your death that I experienced God's life. And I don't believe that God ever causes dark things like suicide and depression, but I do believe that God can leverage even the worst evil in the world for his advantage. And so thank you for praying for us. Uh, I want to jump in today. If you have your Bibles, again, John chapter 12. If you're there, say, I'm there. It says this in verse 1, then six days before the Passover. How many days? Six days. Jesus came to Bethany. Bethany means house of God. Bethany. And where Lazarus, who had been dead, he's no longer dead, he's who was dead, whom he raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. Martha served. Martha was always serving in the Bible. Anywhere you see Martha in the Bible, she is serving. Say with me, Martha, Martha, Martha. We'll keep going. But it says, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very expensive oil of spikenard and anointed the feet. What's she anoint? In Matthew, uh, Matthew tw- uh, 16, or what was it, Matthew... Uh, Got it written down here. In Matthew 26 and in Mark 14, uh, it says not only did she anoint his feet, she anointed his head. She anointed his head with very expensive oil. And watch what this next verse says. And she wiped it with her hair on his head, on her head, on his, on her, oh, this is getting way confusing. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> she poured out expensive oil 
wiped it with her hair, his feet, her hair, and watch what it says here, and the house was filled. And the house was filled. Say with me, filled. Filled with what? With the fragrance of the oil. Fragrance of the oil. The house was filled. She poured it on Jesus, but it was so extravagant that it filled the entire house. Everyone in the house smelt it. Filled the house. There was at least 17 people in the house. You had 12 disciples. You had Mary, Martha. You had Lazarus. You had Jesus, and you had Simeon, who was a, uh, an ex, uh, ex-leper, which only God could do that. That's a pretty powerful resume in the Old Testament. What's your resume? I was, uh, I'm, an, I'm a former leper. <laughs> he hosted this, this, this party, and it says that the whole house was filled with the fragrant oil. One of the disciples named Judas, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Why the waste? It's interesting that what religion calls a waste, Jesus commends and honors. He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he actually was in charge of the money box, and he used to take what was put inside of it. Jesus defends her and commends her, and watch what he says. Leave her alone. She has kept this for my burial. For the poor you will always have, but me you do not always have. Some people interpret that verse wrong. That doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't care about the poor. It just means that Jesus is teaching his disciples that there is key moments of visitation that you have to, you have to capitalize on. Mary capitalized on a moment of visitation. And in Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 14, I believe it says this in uh, verse 9, it says, And wherever this gospel is preached, what this woman has done with anointing my head and my feet, the story will be told to her in all the world. So 2,000 years later, we're talking about a woman's offering to God. And I want to talk to you today about filling the house. Is that all right? Awesome. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be back. Thank you I didn't get stuck in Idaho or Vegas. Thank you, Father, that we're here in one of the most beautiful places in the world. I do believe, Lord, that your light is shining in the darkness, that we will continue to be a church that glows and grows. I pray today, Lord, that you would fill our house, fill our lives, and fill our our personal homes with your sweet, fragrant oil. We think that it's the, uh, the oil of God that's called the anointing that breaks the yoke. And so, God, today we invite your oil, the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is the anointing, to fill this room, to fill our living rooms as we watch online. God, let us have a great time together today and bless the Lakers with another championship in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. I, uh, I, I remember growing up, I had a pretty good childhood, uh, probably like you know, some of you guys, some good moments, some bad moments. Uh, there's something about being a kid, you know, I think it's funny that Maybe the, maybe the mark of being an adult is when you realize that what you grew up in was not necessarily normal. Anybody relate to this? I thought things were normal that weren't normal. It's just I was raised in them. Like I had a grandma that was a bit of a hoarder. I thought that was normal. I thought all my friends were minimalist. Why the lack of stacking of papers? <laughs> What's going on? Why is your house so clean, man? You guys are weird. It's funny that you, you actually think normal is what you grew up around. Marriage is one of the greatest revealers of what is not normal. Your spouse is like, did you know your parents are weird? Like, now that you mentioned it, you know, <laughs> thanks for the heads up. Um, but I grew up, and uh, it's funny that you get much of your life experience as a kid by spending time with your friends and going to your friends' houses. It's funny that going to a friend's house was almost like opening up a box of chocolates. You have no idea what kind of friends you have and where they come from is really like. I remember going to houses as a kid. I'm like, I, I went to one of my friend's houses. I'm like, my gosh, your house, it, you guys are great people, but you guys smell like bologna. <laughs> you have any friends that have like kind of a weird smell? It's like, you're a great guy, but there's just kind of a scent, man. Let's have dinner at my house. Come on. Four people laughing as they know that's, that's the truth. I went to some houses that were filled with cats. Come on, ever had a cat friend? 
like 60 cats everywhere. It's like, this is the cat's house. We just live in it. You have cat people houses. I went to houses. I had a friend that mo their mom was always boiling peanuts. That's a true story. They were good, but it smelled weird. I had friends that boiled peanuts. The house reeked of peanuts. I went to some people's houses. You ever have a reptile friend? You know the reptile house? They got snakes in like every room of the house and gators and <laughs> iguanas. I'm like, man, just like I had that one friend. It's like they had more pets than the pet store. So your dad a zoologist? No, just we just like pets. Heat lamps in our house. We like the smell of mice. Um, I had my reptile friends. I had a. I had my friends that had the different smells in their house. You know, some of them had the candle scents. Um, some of my friends' houses smelled like smoke. Anybody have a smoke house? A smoker friend house? It's like, that was a great dinner, but it took four years off my life. Well, secondhand smoke was strong in this house. It was filled with smoke. I, uh, I went to different houses, man, different experiences. Uh, my house always smells like Le Labo which is my wife's favorite. That's Greek for too expensive. It's like Whole Foods. Whole Foods is Greek for whole paycheck. Um, I, uh, I think smells. Houses are filled with different scents, different smells. And I was praying for you this week, and as I was asking God, Lord, what do you want me to share with your people this week? He, just want, he told me, he said, Mark, tell my people that I care about the smell of their house. I care, because listen to me, smell actually affects atmosphere. Smell affects the environment. Some of your houses smell, and the atmosphere of your house is fearful. Some of you, the atmosphere and the scent, if we could bottle your house, the scent of your house would be the fragrance of worry. It would be the fragrance of stress, anxiety. Some of you, it's like, no, we're good people, but there is, it's, a, it's an okay environment, but there's just no smell of heaven. There's no scent of God. There's no atmosphere of Jesus. And I was praying this week, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just say, Mark, let my people know that I really do care about the environment of my people's homes. I want to fill their houses and their lives with my light. I want to change the smell of their insides. That's a strong statement. Light will glow inside, even as it says in Matthew chapter 5, like a lamp that shines and fills the whole house with light. I believe that Mary is one of the great, great stories in the Bible of knowing how to change the environment of a house. Mary is the sister of Lazarus. Her brother literally came back from the dead. And uh, if anyone ever had a story that was, was worth sharing, it was, it was Mary. My brother was gone in, like gone, and Jesus brought him back from the dead. Martha and Mary were friends of Jesus, and I was studying her life, and again, I couldn't shake that idea that it says she offered something to God that changed the environment of the house. What did she offer to God? It's, it's the oil. Say it with me, oil. The Bible talks about oil a lot. It talks about the anointing oil. Anointing oil was used to anoint kings. It was used to anoint priests. It was, uh, it was, it was used to anoint prophets. Kings, priests, and prophets were anointed. Sometimes we think it was just like a little splash, a little dab, a little cross of the oil. But in the Old Testament, it actually was said that they used six quarts of oil to, to anoint a king. When Samuel anointed David in front of his brothers, he poured six quarts of oil. His feet were dripping with oil as he walked back into the field. I believe that God's anointed anointing oil is symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We don't talk a lot about it today. We've gotten so cliche, so mainstream, so cute with our sermons. Our church services are getting shorter. Our movies are getting longer. Hollywood tells lies better than the, the church tells the truth. And it's like the only strength we have is the speed of our service because we're, we're lacking the strength of God's spirit. I'm telling you, I've been in long church services that felt like 20 minutes because the spirit was there. The anointing was present. I've heard great musicians that were musically professionals, but they, they had no presence of the anointing. And I've heard people sing, come on, like me, they were jailhouse singers. 
What do you mean jailhouse singers? They always sang behind the bars. Come on, reaching for the keys. But they were anointed. And I'm telling you, man, I would rather have a bad voice with the anointing. I would rather maybe not be the smartest person, but have the anointing. I would rather be less educated and have God's, come on, come on, anointing. There's something about the presence of God's spirit in our life that makes a difference. I've been to church services that have zero anointing. They could be 52 minutes long, and I'm looking at my clock the entire time. And I've been to services that were two and a half hours long, and I'm like, my gosh, why are you stopping? Say with me, the anointing. Mary teaches us something very powerful that, that she actually stewarded God's anointing. I want you to write this down. It says that she brought in, scholars say it might have been a family heirloom because this anointing oil was worth 300 denarii, which would be equivalent to probably like a $40,000 bottle of perfume. 40 G's. Now, I know some Gucci perfume is expensive, but it's not 40 G's expensive. 12 ounces, 12 times the size of a normal flask. Must have been a family heirloom. This would have been bragging rights for the family of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And I want to bring your attention to this idea that Mary was the first person to carry God's anointing. Think about it. The very first person to carry the anointing of Jesus. But as I was praying for you this week, God told me to tell you guys that Mary was never intended to be the last person to carry Jesus' anointing. That every one of you, whether you're a businessman or businesswoman, you're an entrepreneur, you're a blogger, you're a YouTuber, come on, you're a school teacher, you're a dog catcher. I want you to know that when we live life with God, we can actually live with his presence, his anointing. And it is his anointing. Come on, I don't care if you're a pro football player, you're an actor, you're a director, you're a screenwriter, you're a musician. Listen to me. It is God's anointing that fills the house of your life with a different smell. It is. I'm not lying to you today. I'm telling you that many people are dying because they don't know how to welcome God's anointing. It is God's anointing that changes the atmospheres of our marriage. It is his anointing. Listen, I'm not, I'm not against counseling. I'm not against medicine and doctors and surgeries. But I'm telling you, I still believe in the anointing. The anointing is when God shows up in a sovereign moment and does more in one moment with him than we could ever do a, a lifetime somewhere else. No one had to tell me to stop using bad language. No one, no one told me to stop looking at pornography. No one, no one told me to throw away bad things that I own, drugs and paraphernalia. Listen, no one told me that stuff. It was an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I had this life-changing encounter that when I got off the ground and I wiped away the, the spiderweb snot, it's like all over. You know the cry when you're like reloading, like. <gasps> you know that crying? That was the crying I had. I had a good old fashioned ugly cry in the presence of a good God. And when I got off the ground, there was an anointing that came on my life. How would you describe it? I would describe it as God changed the fragrance of my life. Things that I used to be drawn to, I, I was repelled by. Odors in my life that I used to tolerate that were just nasty to me. It was amazing. I, you ever watch a movie and you're like, man, I, I don't remember that movie being that bad. What, did they, they must have changed the script since I've watched this thing. No, they didn't change the script. God changed the scent of your soul. His anointing filled your life with a different scent. And some of you are like, Mark, listen, I, I believe in Jesus, but my life has never changed. It's because you've never welcomed his anointing. You can be going to heaven but be filled with darkness if you don't know how to steward the anointing of God. It's an old word. We don't even use it anymore. I, I never heard any like, like, like millennial or teeny bopper go, you know, did you see my last TikTok video? It was about the anointing. We don't talk about the anointing. But for those of you that are wondering what the anointing is, the anointing is actually really powerful. It's, it's this idea that the anointing is the warmth of God's love. It's the comfort and strength of God's peace. It is the reality of God's presence. I would describe the anointing as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit flowing out of your life. I believe that Fortune 500 companies need some anointed CEOs. 
I believe there is entrepreneurs with billion dollar ideas that are anointed with an anointing for business. The anointing is not just for priests. Come on, somebody. It's for kings. It's for prophets. It's, it's for leaders in industry. And I believe that God is looking to anoint a new generation. Mary had an anointing. People say, Mark, where does the anointing come from? I believe the anointing is manufactured at the feet of Jesus. I would like to build a case today that the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it actually, the origins, the epicenter of God's anointing dripping off of your life is when you learn how to spend time at his feet. I'm not talking about just laying on the floor, which I do do that a lot, but I believe it's more than just being on your knees. I believe it's a posture of your heart that says, Lord, I thank you that I am surrendered to your, to your, you're superior to me. Your ways are higher than my ways. I, I yield my gifts, my time, my talent, my money. All that I have is at your feet. Why do you think the anointing was actually originating at the feet of Jesus? Because there's only three times we hear about Mary, and every time we hear about Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. Remember Luke chapter 10? Martha, she's ticked off. She's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She's like, where the heck is Mary at? We got a bunch of disciples. We got a bunch of hungry teenagers in my house. And Jesus, I'm trying to cook, clean, and put the dishes away. And Mary's in there, and she has the audacity to be sitting at Jesus' feet. She's ticked off. Some people read this, and they miss the, the, the significance of sitting at the feet. Rabbis in the ancient world would only let you sit at their feet. That was a posture of learning. Rabbis would only let you sit at their feet if they believed that you could become like them. In rabbinic tradition, to sit at the feet of a rabbi was to have the belief of the rabbi that one day you can be like I am. This was a life-changing idea, and this is why Martha's ticked off. Martha's not mad that she's not cooking peanut butter and jellies, which I don't think you cook, you prepare. She's upset because Mary had the audacity to think as a woman... She could teach God's word. I want you to know today that Jesus believed in women in ministry. Does church believe in women in ministry? Yeah, Jesus did. How do you know? Because he let Mary sit at his feet and learn. Not only, well, well that was just one time. How about um, Mary Magdalene, who was the first, first preacher of the gospel in the Bible? She left the empty tomb and said, I saw Jesus. He's not dead. He's alive. A former demon-possessed woman was the first preacher of the full gospel. Yeah, yeah, you put that in your theological pipe and smoke that later. But anyways, listen to me. Martha's ticked off because the first time we see Mary is she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Where does the anointing come from? Well, before she ever anointed him for burial, she sat at his feet. She asked questions. She listened. Why did she know that he needed to be anointed for burial? Because maybe when she was sitting at his feet, he talked about, I'm going to die. And when I die, I'll be in the grave for three days, but I'm going to rise again. So the idea came to her, man, I learned at his feet. Someone needs to anoint him. Someone needs to send him flowers before the funeral. Someone needs to celebrate his life before he dies. Many Christians are guilty of waiting for death to celebrate life. I love that Mary goes, I'm going to send the anointing oil. I'm going I'm to lavish my extravagance on God while I can. Some of you are waiting for the bus in 50 years to give your life fully to God. I want to live how I want to live, preacher. When I'm 60, 70 years old, then I'll get right with Jesus. Don't wait for death to live life. Don't wait for the end of your life to give God the best of your life. I believe the greatest thing you can do when you're young is give God the best years of your life. I'm not going to wait until my face is, come on, laden with Botox, 16 facelifts. I want to give God my life when I don't have any wrinkles. I want to give God the best years of my youth. Are you hearing me today? Why would you do that? Because it's the greatest decision you can make. She shows us that God is worthy of our most extravagant offering. What is that? It's our very lives. Do you know that that oil represented one year of her life? One year. I wonder what it would look like for us to offer God a year of our life. I'll give you the next year, God. 
I'll give you my free time. I'll give you my extra income. I'll give you my extra time. I'll serve here, go there. That's crazy talk, preacher. No, it's not. You go to places that actually see revival that changes regions like Africa. I have a friend that went to this place in Africa. The church is called Winner's Chapel. They changed the name of it. It used to be called Winner's Chapel. And they built the largest church building on the earth in Africa. Where's that in Africa? It's in Nigeria. It seats, I can't remember what the seating is. It's something crazy, like 75,000 people. When they do an altar call, they put people in a truck bed and drive them to the front. One of my friends preached there. He said the pastor gave him a tour. He said, how in the world in Nigeria did you build the most expensive building ever built for the church, or the biggest building ever built, one of the most expensive buildings? And the pastor looked at him and he said, 100% tithe. He's like, what? He said, everyone in my church tithes. He said, when we announced the building project, this is crazy. He said, people got second and third jobs and gave the entirety of those extra income streams to build the church. You know minimum wage is where they live? $30 a month. And I'm not talking about money today. It's not about money. I'm just telling you that when God has your heart, you lavishly give him your very best. It's just like, I got to give God everything. I, I want to give him my best. And I find here that she changed the environment of her house from the feet of Jesus because she sat and she learned at his feet. John 11, what does it say? Her brother dies. She's in the most dramatic, traumatic moment of her life. And here's the problem. Some of us, we love God on the mountain, but if we experience a valley, we curse God. Some of us are like Job's friends. Come on, curse God and die. Job's wife, curse God and die. What does Job teach us? That God is a God that can get us out of the darkest valleys. And here's what we learn about Mary is Mary, where's she at? At the feet of Jesus. And not only was she there to learn in a good day, she was there in her worst day. Her brother's been in the grave for four days. She fell at his feet and she cried out to God in her pain at the feet of Jesus. Where is the anointing, where is the anointing developed? It's, it's, it's developed at the feet of Jesus. You want to be anointed? Learn how to give God your pain. Learn how to give God the low moments of life. God, the doctor says I'm traumatized. I give you the trauma. The doctors say, I have an unforgiving heart. God, I give you the unforgiveness. I'm telling you that if you learn how to go to the feet of Jesus and to the foot of the cross, with even the darkest days of life, he will be the shepherd that leads you out of the valley. I'm grateful, man. Some of you are like, well, I'm asking that God, how many want to see miracles in your life? Here's the problem with that prayer. You have to be in moments of life that need miracles. God, do miracles. And then you call me a week later, Perry, pray for me. We need a miracle. It's like, yeah, you ask God for some miracles. You never know a God that can calm the storm without a storm. Humanity would never know a healing God if there was not sickness in the world. We would never know the forgiveness of God if there wasn't sin in the hearts of men. Are you hearing me today? God allows the shadow of sin nature to reveal the goodness of his divine nature. Mary brought her pain to the feet of Jesus. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. That's what she said. Some of you, I'm telling you, you can be anointed even out of the tragedies of life. If you learn how to bring your pain to the feet. We learn at the feet of Jesus. We bring our pain, are you with me today, to the feet of Jesus. And not only do we bring the pain to the feet of Jesus, you know what else we bring? Is we bring our greatest offering to the feet of Jesus. We do. We bring our best. We bring our best. She brought oil. Say with me, oil. Notice it filled the whole house with a different smell. You know what changes the smell of your marriage? The anointing oil. You know what changes the, the, the scent of your kid's attitude? The anointing. Do you know what changes the ministry of the church? The anointing. You know why some bands, some, they, just, they lead you, man, there's something here today. It's the anointing. And some of you don't realize the, the power of the anointing. As I mentioned in the Old Testament, the anointing was a big, big deal. They anointed kings, priests, and prophets. In the Bible days, they anointed people in such a way that they dripped with the anointing. The Bible says that it is the anointing that gives us unction to function. I believe that we are lacking unction because we can't function without the anointing. I believe we live in an era of substitutes. 
We're subbing out the power of God for clever services. We have people that are so intellectually smart that they can build a church without God's presence. Here's the good news of Ocean's Church. If this place grows and reaches more people, it's because of the anointing, not because of my brilliance. Are you hearing me today? It is the anointing that will guide and drive our church. It's because I invited my friend with cancer and they got healed. And then they brought their whole family and they all gave their lives to Jesus. And they all got baptized. We're not going to talk people into faith at this church. Because if you talk someone into faith, someone can talk them out of it. But we will create an environment that people can taste and see the anointing that comes from God. And they can say, that's real. That's, that's legit. It made a difference. Psalms 133 says the anointing floods from the top to the bottom. The anointing actually actually heals. It has redemptive property. There's a, there's a uh, verse in the Old Testament that says flies are drawn to stagnant oil. But fresh oil kills flies. You know, over and over again, flies represented demons or the devil. They actually called G uh, Lucifer the Lord of the Flies, Bezelbub. And I want you to know that today, some of you are wrestling with some demonic darkness. And I was praying for this week, even coming out of my friend's wife's service. And I just said, Lord, would you please speak to me on how I can help your sheep, your people, break the grip of darkness. And out of that conversation, he started speaking to me about the anointing. And look, I know I'm probably the youngest preacher you ever heard do a message on the anointing. It's like an old-timer's message. I went to a church, the pastor was 97, he talked about the anointing. Never heard someone wearing their, their, their wife's trousers talk about the anointing before. Listen to me, the anointing is powerful. In Bible days, David says that God, remember what Psalms 23, the Lord is my what? I'm grateful for a shepherd, and I'm glad that God calls himself a shepherd, because sometimes I don't need a provider, I have all that I need. But I need a shepherd that can lead me out of a valley of death. He is a shepherd. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, let me be your shepherd today. You know what shepherds will do? They do three things with the oil. The first thing they do is they'll anoint your head with lavish oil. You know why they anoint your head with lavish oil? Because rams' horns during mating season, they would, they would clash against other rams, and they would fight with each other during the summer season. And when they did, if the horns weren't anointed, they would actually stick to one another they could actually kill each other. They would damage each other. And the hope was if I anoint the horns of the lamb or the ram, that actually when they, when they hit something that was sharp that should hurt them, it'll slide right off of them. The anointing caused things that should have caused trauma to brush off of us. And I was praying for you this week. He said, Mark, tell my people that if my anointing comes on them, there's things that would kill other people, sideline other people, that would brush off them like waters off a duck's back because my anointing causes things to slide off. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I've been through such, there's darkness in my life that I'm like, how did I make it through it? And I look back and I realize, God, you gave me an anointing. Just slid right off of me. Then there's not only the anointing for that, there was anointing because uh, sheep had a proclivity to attract flies and mosquitoes and gnats. There was actually nose flies. These things would get in the nose of the sheep, cause them to run around like they were crazy. They would skip all over the place. And some of them, if they didn't get treated right away, the, the flies would lay little, like, like, things in their nose. It's gross, I know, forgive me. But they would lay these larvae in the nose and it actually would cause an infection in the brain that if it wasn't dealt with, two things would happen. They would lose their sight and go blind. And not only would the sheep go blind, they would try to be in such pain in their nose, in their mind, that they would beat their head against a tree or a rock, some of them killing themselves, trying to find relief from the infection in their minds. I've done two services in the last four months because of suicide. And there was a pain in their mind that they tried to beat out that I'm telling you, man, some things in life you cannot beat out of yourself. Some things, it's not you beating it out. It's God's anointing coming in. I dare you to help me preach a little bit today. I'm telling you that God wants to put an anointing in you that relieves the pain that's in your head and your heart. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm promising you, that has the power to transform our hearts.
to heal our minds. Some of those father wounds. Some of you had unspeakable things happen to you as a kid. How could I ever live a normal life? Here's my response, the anointing. Because that fly would get in there and cause an infection in the brain that would cause that thing to start running wild and skipping and stomping and beating its head. And the shepherd would grab the sheep and would douse oil all over its nose and its, and its, and its face. And the anointing would go in with healing properties to actually cure the pain and kill the infection. I'm, forgive me today, I'm going a little bit stronger than I normally go, but I want you to know this. I believe the Holy Spirit's anointing can actually kill the flies of hell. can kill them. Some of you have the flies of depression that you can't get out of your head and the flies of regret and the flies of a broken heart and it's in you and you're trying everything to get it out and buying more things isn't relieving it and sleeping with more people isn't relieving it and, and acquiring more possessions. Listen to me. What cures this pain? Say with me, it's the... It's the anointing. Mary changed the smell of her house because she knew how to bring the anointing at the feet. She brought the anointing of God and lavished it at the feet. I believe the anointing is produced at the feet of Jesus. God, I want to learn from you. I want to cry out to you. And I want to offer you my very best. I believe she filled her house with a different smell because, number one, God was in her house. And I'm telling you that you can't have the smell of God in your life without God in your life. Christians, they're like, I want a good life. I want to be happy. I want to be fulfilled. I want to live for a purpose. I just don't want to acknowledge God. Well, that's hard to do. The wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus said, to hate God is to love death. You know what you produce without God? Dark things. But when God comes into your heart, he starts to lighten things up. And I believe if Mary was here today, she'd say, hey, guys, listen to me. If I learned one thing from Jesus, I learned that if I will get him in my house, the anointing gets ready to flow. You'll never have the flow of God without Jesus in your house. Some of you I would encourage not only to come to his house on Sundays, but start inviting him into your house on Mondays. Start praying with your babies. Come on like Amy and Nate do at night. God, give my kids dreams and visions. Tell me, the greatest thing you can give your kids is a godly example. God, fill our house. Some of you want your kids to go to the best colleges, to get scholarships for sports. You send them to the best camps. I want you to know that athletics and education without Jesus makes more athletic and more educated devils. I'm not against athletics. I'm not against education. But I'm telling you that if you, all you do is give them a good school and a good sports experience, but you don't teach them about the anointing. Why are some of our kids hurting themselves, inflicting themselves, cutting themselves, eating disorders, sleeping around, living crazy lives? They're hurting on the inside because mom and dad have not shown them the anointing. Well, I did. Well, the Bible says if you raise them up in the way that they should go, when they get older, they won't leave. They might take off for a week or two or a month or two or a year or two. But if you teach them the way that they should go, they will return in Jesus' name. Who believes that? The anointing doesn't just fill the house with God's presence. I believe that when God's in the house, the anointing starts getting ready to flow. Mary would tell us, if I look back at my life, the anointing came when God was in the house. And I would say the flow of the anointing, if Mary was here, she'd say, it flowed because number two, I had a grateful heart. I'm telling you right now, the most anointed people I've ever met are the ones that are the most grateful to God. There's something about gratitude and humility that they travel together. Entitled, arrogant people don't carry the anointing. It's the humble and it's, well, that's why Peter says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You know what the good news about humility is? You can do it to yourself. Some of you, you're waiting for God to humble you. You can humble yourself. God, humble me. I humble myself today. Would you elevate this atmosphere of faith? God, Mary would tell you, filled the house. And when he did, miracles started to happen. If you invite God into your house, I want, you to, I want, to, I want to announce to you that miracles are on their way. 
Some of you have a, a family that has suicide running rampant in it. Some of you have families that depression runs rampant in it. Some of you, you have uh, height, like, like strokes and seizures and epilepsy. Listen to me. We're going to believe that this is going to be a season that we invite God all the way into our house. And whatever darkness came in our family lines, that God's going to start something new in Jesus' name. You believe that? Come on, say amen. Who believes God can do something new in your family? My kids aren't going to struggle with drugs like I did. My kids aren't going to have affairs like I did. My kids aren't going to go astray like I My kids aren't going to live wild like I did. I bind my kids to the will of God. Fill my house with God. I'm a grateful man. I'm a grateful woman. I believe it was easy for Mary to be generous because she remembered how good God was. The anointing flows out of a grateful heart. It flows out of God. I don't deserve my life. I don't deserve this microphone. I don't deserve this stage. I'm just... I'm just a normal person. And some of you today, you have no idea that God is a God. Can you still hear me all right? God is a God that can actually fill your soul and your mind with his anointing. But remember the story of the woman with the empty vessels? The oil flowed as long as she stayed empty. And some of you are so full of entertainment. You're so full of phones and TVs and Netflix that there's no room for his anointing to flow. I'm not throwing rocks at entertainment, but I'm saying do not sacrifice God on the altar of entertainment. Fill me with your anointing. I'm telling you today that Mary would say the anointing flowed because God was in my house. I was grateful. I looked at my living room and I saw my brother Lazarus laughing with Jesus. He should have been dead. And I believe that when God's in your house, you're going to have a lot of stories like this. I should have blanked, but God. I should have went bankrupt. I should be dead. I should have OD'd. I should have got divorced. I should have, I should have, I should have. Are you hearing me? I should have, but God. I should have, but God. Say it with me. I should have, but God. Say it one more time. I should have. But God, come on, if you're going to stand, give a God a good, good, good hand clap and a shout. Hey! My brother should be dead, but he lives. He laughs. He's talking to Jesus. How good is God that the people we care about can talk to him? I never thought my brother would have another conversation with God again. But God, with an outstretched hand, with a mighty arm, brought my, my, my brother back from Shoal itself, brought him back from hell itself. If God can bring Mary's brother back from the dead, God can get a hold of your brother that's running from God. God get a hold of your sister that's on the run from Jesus. And I believe like Mary, you're going to laugh and your heart's going to be full of gratitude when you realize, God, you've outdone yourself. You revived the spiritually dead in my life. I believe the anointing flows to the God-filled house, to the grateful heart. How about this? To the generous life. The anointing flows not with the stingy, but with the generous. And I want you to know that God's love is irrevo- it's, it's irregardless of your lifestyle. But I would say this, the anointing, it is directly connected to your obedience. Why do some people carry the anointing and others don't? Well, God loves him more than he loves her. No, he doesn't. It's the fact that she obeyed him and he didn't. The anointing, listen, it's not God's love, it's his power. God's power comes on the obedient. His love is on the masses, but his power is on the, on the obedient. Are you hearing me today? We have, uh, we have a lot of love Christians, but we don't have a lot of lights. We don't have a lot of glowing Christians because we know that God loves us, but we don't obey his lordship. And I don't want to just be a Christian that's loved. I want to be a a son and daughter that's obedient. You mark my words, the anointing will follow your life when you surrender to his will. And when when you're grateful enough, you'll be generous. I've learned that the people that struggle with generosity the most are the ones that are not grateful. They're the ones that are not generous. Notice that Judas is like, 
why was why was this waste? We should have given that money to the poor. It's like, dude, you don't even tithe, Judas. I've learned that the Judases in every church that complain about money messages are the ones that don't give. I've never met a tither in our church that said the offering message was too long today. But it's the people that don't row that always complain about the speed of the ship. Another message. Another message. You let God touch your heart and you'll be a generous individual. You hear me today? And when you're generous, listen to me, when God's in your house, oh, there he is. God's in your house. Your heart overflows with gratitude like Mary. When you, we start exercising extravagant generosity, God, I don't want to give you my leftovers. If I have one critique of California Christians, I would say that they love God in this area, but they love Him with their leftovers. That's what I've observed here. I'll go to church when I don't have something going on. I'll go to church if it's conducive with my schedule and my, my priorities. I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks down, I'm just telling you, when God has preeminence, you see His power flow. He doesn't like being second or third. He's number one. Can I get an amen? Which makes sense because I feel like a zero without his anointing. And if I'm a zero without his anointing and he's number one, when he stands next to me, we're a perfect ten. Some of you today, you never experienced the strength of God because you never let his anointing come on your life. I felt this burden this week. Some of you are wrestling with the spirit of death. I've been feeling it so much lately. I think it's in the light of what's going on in the world. There's a spiritual attack on God's kids. But I come today to take authority over the spirit of death. This is going to be a suicide-free church. Yeah, I appreciate 45% believing it, but I don't care. We're going to be a suicide-free church. People are going to get intoxicated with life in this church. Intoxicated with God in this church. Pregnant with hope in this church. People aren't going to kill themselves to get out. They're going to let his anointing oil in. And when the anointing comes in, they're going to stop beating their heads against the walls. Felt the spirit of infliction, uh, 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 spirit of infirmity and affliction. And I take authority over the spirit of infirmity today. Some of you have chronic illness in your body. It's autoimmune related. God told me that it's not just autoimmune related. It's also related to uh, chronic fatigue. And I take, a, I take authority today. It's miracle season, Ocean's Church. And people are going to get healed every week. Your doctors are going to verify it. Yeah, 10% believe that. It's all right. God doesn't need the majority today. I'm telling you this is going to be miracle season. If you believe it, give me a hand clap and a shout. There's someone named Larry that's either watching online or in the tents. And you've had a skin disease. I think you even might have like red hair or strawberry blonde hair. You have lots of freckles. And you have a really uh, low tolerance to sunlight. You get sunburned easily. I think you're like maybe in your 40s, maybe even 44, 45. And I feel like the Lord today is actually healing your skin. You have cancerous, you know, uh, skin. Uh, it was mel melanoma, I think. Melanoma over and over again. And I believe that even today, Larry, that God is healing your skin. I don't even know if you believe in God yet, but God says, I want you to know that I'm worth believing in. I call you out by name. I single you out amongst the crowd. And I'm going to show you that I am the God that heals. You're not going to die of melanoma like your, your parents. You had, a, you had a, a dad or a mom or aunt or uncle that died of skin cancer. And I believe the Lord today would say you're not going to die like them, but you're going to live like no one's ever lived. Because you're going to invite me into your life today. God is knocking at the front door of your heart in Jesus' name. There's someone named Elizabeth in here. Thank you for Elizabeth. I believe you're a musician. And I believe that you've actually used your gift. I don't know if you play some sort of classical instrument. But you've been very prominent with your, with your instrument. And you've never used it for God. And God says, will you let me in your house? If you, if you let me in, I'll fill your gift with a favor that you've never had. You've tried to pursue music uh, professionally. You've had a couple of doors open up, but nothing prominent because you've never given God your best. And I believe today if you'll give God your musical gift, God will take you further than you can take yourself. He's re-inviting you home today, Elizabeth. Pray today, Lord, for those that have problems with their um, someone in here that has, has a, like a like a uh, problem with your uh, your groin, like you pulled a 
groin issue in your in your body. I see God healing it even right now. You haven't been able to jog or run because of it. I believe you even like you're pretty athletic. You might even be a trainer. And God's healing, I believe, a trainer today who has an issue with his groin in Jesus' name. I just thank you today, Holy Spirit. Someone has really severe nodules that you lose your voice, like really easily. Just your voice goes out. And I see God even right now shaving the nodules off your vocal cords. Yeah. I thank you that, Lord, even the x-ray, the, the camera down the throat is going to reveal that, Lord, they're gone. The palates, the nodules, they're gone. I pray you would heal today. You're called to sing. Sing you will. Sing you will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Someone here's like a irregular heart. Like your heart is like either too big or too small. And doctors even said this could be like a life-threatening condition. You might die prematurely young. I just pray today that God would touch the size of your heart. Crazy. I pray, Lord, that you would you would even alter, come on, creatively a, a heart, that you would you would touch a heart that needs to be healed. Yeah, someone someone has really severe heart disease in your family. God, God's gonna heal your heart. I believe the Lord would even announce to you today. Um, yeah, I don't know if your last name starts with a B. It's like a like a Burlo or Burla or something like that. It might be like a Ukrainian or Russian last name. But I believe that today God is healing your heart. I pray that Lord heart disease would no longer uh, uh, lead this family in the fear of dying prematurely. I pray, it's like a B last name, I can't pronounce it, but I thank you, Lord, today. There's someone watching today that has heart disease in their family, and your soul, your whole family's freaked out at dying young because of the heart issue. And I believe the Lord says, I'm going to heal your heart today. Listen to me, it's almost finished. I'm not a psychic, but I know God's voice. I'm not, I'm not very smart, but I know His voice. I just thank you today, Lord. There's someone in here that you have a... God even told me this is going to be a season of blind eyes opening up. I take authority over the spirit of blindness. A demonic fly of blindness. I command you to loose your grip. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would open up the eyes of the blind in this church. I pray for the paraplegic that they would walk. I pray for the deaf today that they would hear. And I pray, Lord, for the mute that they would speak. I pray that you would touch the dumb brain, the, the dumb mind. I, I pray that you would heal aut autism, that you would heal, Lord God, those that have learning disabilities. God, open up the even the, 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 the dumb in mind in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that those even have like a, it's even like just, yeah, severe autism. Like, there's a name for it. I, I can't even think about it. What's it called? It's like severe autism. It's a... Asperger's. I believe that there's this, there's going to be documented miracles in our church of kids that were so like so ridden with this auto like this uh, learning disability that are going to come out of it, and the, and they're going to be complete completely fully functioning brains, college educated brains, career focused and driven lives that God touches when they're like 10, 12, 15, 9 years old, 6 years old, 4 years old, would you heal? Heal in this house. Come on, who wants to fill the house with a new, a new, a new aroma? Can we just give God our best in this place? Let His anointing flow. Say with me, I receive your anointing. The anointing to cure cancer. Come on, the, the cure for cancer. I receive that anointing. Come on, the anointing to break darkness. That evicts perversion. Evicts the spirit of lust. Come on, and I invite the anointing. Liberate the afflicted. Heal the sick. Cast out the devils. I welcome the light. I welcome the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Fill me, sweet Holy Spirit. Put your hand on your heart. He's here. I just pray today that you'd forgive anyone in this room that's grieved you, quenched you, spoken evil or bad of you. Some of you grew up in churches that were very anti-Holy Spirit. They talked about churches that invited the Holy Spirit as strange or weird or eccentric. Even they, some, some, some pastors have gone as far as to say that churches that are filled with the Holy Spirit are actually demonic. I would just say, how crazy is it that when the Spirit starts moving in a church, it makes us love Jesus more, the Bible more, prayer more, believe for more miracles, more power, and we seem to radiate more of God's light. 
So it seems like if a church that was full of the Holy Spirit was bad, the devil has completely failed. It is the Spirit of God that gives life. Their hands on our hearts. We just say, I just feel like there's maybe about 15% of you today that grew up in a church that did not honor the Holy Spirit. Maybe they didn't call him an evil entity, but they certainly did not honor him. It was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Scriptures. They disregarded the Holy Spirit. And that attitude kind of rubbed off on you, almost like that scab virus that happens with sheep. That it, it's a parasite that rubs off when people rub against other sheep. And I believe the anointing is here today to actually break off any parasite of dishonor towards the Holy Spirit. Almost done. I'm telling you, if you'll honor Him, His power will flood your life. It'll fill your home. I don't know who you are, but I just feel like I need to stop the bus to say, hey, if you have grieved the Holy Spirit, the good news is you're only one conversation away to getting back right in a right spot with Him. Maybe you've never honored God with inviting Him into your life. You maybe identify as an atheist, agnostic, maybe Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim. You say, Mark, I've never experienced the Spirit of God. But if that's what I'm feeling right now, this euphoric peace that I have in this moment is God's Spirit. Sign me up for more of it. If that's you today, maybe you're atheist, but you go, Mark, there is something in this room. I can feel it like electricity in my body. Some of you can feel it like working on your heart. Someone even has like uh, some sort of sickness in your rib cage. Some sort of masses that you can feel are burning away right now as we, as we worship God. And you know that you're healed already. Before even going to the doctor, before knowing your Bible, you know that God is healing you. And God is saying, if I can heal your body, imagine what I can do with your soul and your spirit. Time today is the day of surrender. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you've never believed in God and you want to say, I want to honor the Holy Spirit, the anointing, by inviting him into my house, I'm going to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you say, Mark, I grew up in California. I've been around God a long time, but I've never invited his anointing into my house. I've never invited the Holy Spirit to anoint me. Even as it says to Jesus that I have anointed, I've been anointed to preach the gospel, to declare glad tidings to the poor. If you're here today and you want to be anointed, not just, come on, I kind of believe in God. I want to be filled with his spirit. You want to rededicate your life today or for the first time put your faith in Jesus? I want you to raise your hand. And I believe as you honor the Holy Spirit, he's going to honor you by filling your life, make you grateful, make you, make you full of these miracle stories, and you're going to have a generous heart and a glowing life. Glowing lives are lives that are remembered and talked about. Jesus said the, the story will be told everywhere the gospel is preached. If that's you today, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus or for the first time put your faith in him, I'm done. The anointing's here. I can feel it. Lord summons every person a day to open their hearts to you that needs to respond. I pray not one person will be a prisoner of fear today. Not one person would have the fear of man today. Not one. Peter denied Jesus because of the fear of man. And I pray that no one would be scared to be bold for you in this moment. In Jesus' name, eyes open today. Feel boldness in the tent. If you can't stand for God amongst believers, you will never stand for God amongst skeptics and amongst people that are anti-God. I feel a courage in this tent today. You know you're not honoring Him with letting Him live in you and through you. You know that you've gotten off track or maybe you've never believed in Him, but you can hear Him knocking at the front door and you say, Mark, if He's there, I'll let Him in. You want to invite not religion, but the Spirit of God to fill your heart or to come back into your life. I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to give you three seconds. Hands are already going up all over this tent with eyes open because we're not scared. One, I'm going to count to three. Lots of hands already going up. Boldness today. Two, I sense more courage filling the room. Don't miss the bus. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Lift your hand and keep it up for me. Come on, give them a shout. Three, real high. Real high, real high, real high, real high, real high, real high. I'm gonna count, I'm gonna count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Real high. Eleven. There was ten last service. Twelve. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thirteen. Anybody else? Okay, awesome. Put your hands down. If you're online right now, I would love it if you just write heart. H-E-A-R-T. You can even do a heart emoji because we live in that era of time. Do heart. You want to give your life to Jesus? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. 
I would love it even if you would share this video. I believe someone's going to watch this video even a week or two from now, and they're going to be healed even of the skin. Someone has a severe rash on their body. You've tried ointments and antibiotics, and nothing is healing your rash. And I believe someone's watching this today, even weeks after this message happened, and God is going to heal your rash even as we watch this. All I'd ask you to do is to tell someone how God healed you. Even email our church and say, I got healed as I watched this video. I believe it's happening every week. If you raise your hand, those 11 people, 10 last service, that's 21 today. I believe there's at least four of you online, probably two or three already responded. Come on, do it right now. H-E-A-R-T, I want to get right with God now. Be bold. Pray this prayer, Oceans, as we close today with those 21 to 25 people say, Jesus, I invite you into my home. Fill my house with your anointing, with your Holy Spirit. Would you forgive me of the darkness? Would you wash away all that's not you? Give me a new mind, a relieved mind, a renewed mind, and a transformed heart. Anoint me and re-anoint me as I need more. I thank you that my life is yours. From this day forward, speak to me in Jesus' name prayed that prayer, I'd love you to do three things. Get a Bible. It's free. On, it's an app on your phone. Download the Bible app. Start reading your Bible every day. Best place to start is the best named book of the Bible, the book of Mark. Read that first. Book of Psalms and Proverbs is great. Read your Bible. Get plugged into a church. If you don't live in Orange County, we can, we'll help you find a church. Go to our, our tent over here. If you live out of state, we'll help you find a church. And the third thing I'd encourage you to do is get involved in a small group. Our groups just started. We have like 20 plus groups, I think, right now join a group do life with other believers and if you haven't been baptized we do baptisms twice a month sign up for baptism today at the 10 come on would you give god a good hand clap one more good hand clap all over today thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week